Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings, slackers. I hope your apples are coated in toffee and your trick-or-treat bags are full of mini Mars bars. Happy Halloween um, to everybody who's listening to this podcast. Happy Halloween to the subscribers and happy Halloween to the non-subscribers as well. My name is Phil Taggart and this is my Slacker podcast, uh, a show where rad musicians come to share their first demos and then they are forced to have to sit with me for over an hour. It's written into the scripture that they have to sit. The demo's finished. It's all good. They're like, okay, right. Well, that's why I'm coming on to the, to the show. Uh, I'm going to play the demo and then I'm going to leave. I might pick myself up a coffee on the way. Out. No, you can't. It's written into the contract. You have to sit here. Um, I'm also really super self-conscious with this week's introduction because yesterday I made my debut for the mighty Western Wanderers FC. Um, they play in a Sunday league in Brighton. I think they're in the fourth tier of the Brighton Sunday League. And if you live outside of the UK, or even if you don't have that much football knowledge, you probably don't know what Sunday League is or the reputation that it has. It is very well known for being incredibly brutal. Slide tackles flying in everywhere. Fist fights, spitting. I mean, the whole lot. Lots of shouting. Lots and lots of shouting. I found out that the hard way. I went one-on-one with their striker when I was in goal, and we clashed into each other. And now I've got a fucking spectacular black eye and what I think might be a broken nose as well. Kind of looks like a wobbly cheese string at the minute, and that's what I'm thinking. Do I sound super nasal on this introduction than when I did this with Kate Nash? Um, but yeah, that's why I'm being a little bit weird. Am I sounding really nasal? Let me know, because then I'll be like, okay, right, maybe I should go to the doctors and get this checked out. I've put a gnarly picture of it actually up on Instagram and Twitter. If you go to at Philly Taggart and you want to not be able to eat your dinner this evening, go look at that dirty broken nose that I've got. Anyway, back to the podcast. This week, we welcome Kate Nash to be our slacker. She is an absolutely amazing woman in many, many different ways in music. She's incredible in acting, in activism. Um, She is just, yeah, like a really talented individual and just a a general force of good uh, as well. It's very um, rare that you find somebody who's so good at all those things, but is incredibly easy company as well. Normally, you find with people who are like good at loads of different things that they can sort of keep their head in the game for a conversation they're too busy thinking about what they're going to do next how we're going to achieve Kate Nash just you could sit and chat to her for hours and hours and hours but that's not what we do because this isn't the Joe Rogan podcast we we don't have an extra two hours to sit talking about chemtrails uh, on the podcast or um, conspiracy theories or whatever I mean as fun as that would be um, but listen we've got an hour with her actually it's a little bit longer this week um, here's a little tapas board of what we spoke about Anyone in any area of the music industry is probably having a hard time making it work 
And I think that anyone who says they aren't is a liar. I am really lucky that my first record was a number one record because, like you said, it did give me a fan base that I've been able to utilise, but became even closer to that fan base by doing independent work and by having a really close relationship with them because I need them and I, we, I know them. I know my fans, like, really well. Hate's a strong word. I was bullied at school right. and I wrote this song as a retaliation to that to kind of reclaim some power. Before we jump in, if you're listening to the podcast and you're enjoying them uh, for for what they are, go on to me a wee favour, will you? Um, jump on the platform where you're listening to this podcast right now and give it a little rate and a review. I'm very interested to hear what you guys think of the podcast as well. If you think it's really shit, maybe just tweet or Instagram me it because, yeah, if you're going to write it as a review, it's just going to look really shit, isn't it? And the more reviews and more rates and all we get if you listen to podcasts you hear people talking about this all the time it gets really boring you're probably numb to it at the minute but it does genuinely mean a lot to me because i'm not like making any money doing this i just want to sit down with some artists and chat to them and i want more people to listen to it so we can start doing them live and yeah i, I want the, like the slacker podcast to grow into so much more um than where it's at now this is like it in its infancy but i feel like you know with the right amount of support and obviously there is loads of people listening at the minute and thank you very much but the more we get on it the more that slacker can get out there and we can interview all the dictators of the world imagine that imagine sitting down with donald trump kim jong-un all the lads just hanging out playing their first ever demos what else could you ask for Anyway, right, I'm digressing a wee bit. I, like, obviously, Kate Nash fans are probably going here. P-Tag, go on, shut up. And I will. In three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, people in the cheap seats, <laughs> in the front row, I give you the Slacker Podcast with Kate Nash. Hello. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> good, how are you? I'm not too bad. I'm all good. I've, like, I've just got back from, from holidays and I, I like realize that i put on about a metric ton you know when you go on holidays and you like you like you just eat yeah and you just drink you just sit there and eat and drink <laughs> yeah, every exactly. day and you're like oh, bring me more bad. food yeah this is my seventh more course of the bread. day so I, I got back last week and i decided and you drink cocktails on holiday usually it's like cocktails. i don't think i drank one cocktail I, i'm really I, I drank lots of wine Oh. I, I think I can consider myself a wino now. Okay, nice. <laughs> but you know when you get back and you're like, right, I need to like sort my life out. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I went I went for a run and played football yesterday. So if I'm like really stiff, I might look like a Lego man today. Perfect. That's that's probably why. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what's 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 going on with you? You're you kind of splitting um, yourself between the US and the I U- am. UK at the I'm minute. Living so. a double life. I'm like a spy. <laughs> do, you, do you change your name when you go to the US? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's a, I'm here. I was here for an independent festival in Ireland and Reading and Leeds. And then, <gasps> was that that festival? I what, played independent? It that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where the, are you? The one in Cork. Yeah, what I day, played it. What day did you play? Um, oh, I don't know. I can't I, remember now. I played, I know that I played on a Sunday. Sun, I was thinking maybe, was it Sunday? No, he's like, no, no. <laughs> I know I played in the Sunday because I finished my DJ set at half two in the morning and had a seven o'clock flight to get back oh, to Radio God. One to do two shows that day. Damn. I was like, oh my God. So you done? You did the Independence Festival? Yeah, I had Irish dancers with me. Shut up, really? Yeah, I had a little troupe of Irish dancers. They were so cute. Um, what, as in like they were dancing on stage? Yeah, they danced to a song called Agenda that I have and then Foundations and it's really cool. My mum and dad and my mm. granny sent me to Irish dancing. I like, went Irish dancing. Yeah? I My mum's Irish. yeah. So I, like, the first music I heard was Irish music. first music I played, I played Tim Whistle, The Baron, and I, I have, like, trophy trophies for, like, the trophy reel and stuff like that. I used to win Are the reel. Are you joking? At, I, like, at, like, a fesh, yeah. So <laughs> do you still whip it out of weddings? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean... Is your family, like, a, a set dancing I, family where, like, four of you all dance no, together? No. no. I, um, I just sort of have really delved back into that recently because it's... You know, when you're like making music and making records and stuff, and you have like, um, been doing it for this long now. Like, it's interesting to go back to like. I just found it interesting to go back to like the origins of my relationship with music and my history and culture and everything. So, and it's such a like musical, like, thing 
island, you know, it's so oh, musical. Man. It's a land, land of, um, I mean, everybody's everybody's got an acoustic guitar. Yeah, and, and you I, just go in a pub and it's like, there's an eight-year-old who's like slaying an accordion. <laughs> and he's like just yawning and like falling asleep. And he's like the best accordion player yeah. in the land. But he has no idea and he's eight and he doesn't even care. When we were like 18, 19 and we were like absolutely <laughs> skint, we used to, we bought Byron's as an investment. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know, if you're listening, you don't know what a Byron is. It's like a little yeah, dr- a little drum that you have on your lap, and you've got a little stick that you kind of like flick your wrist. Flick your wrist. It's yeah. like the slap bass yeah. of, um, of of Irish music. Yeah. And we used to bring it to the traditional sessions because you knew you got free pints. Trad sessions. Yeah. Trad heads. You go to the trad session. There'd be yeah. like there'd be like twelve people all playing different instruments. Yeah. And it'd be just re- really fast. We turn up with the Byron because. You get free beers and we had no nice. money. So it was like That's that. good idea. Cheap bar on for £30. Lo- great ta- investment. Way more beers than £30 in there. Uh, like, is that something do you think you'll you'll go down further in your career? Like maybe like a release of an album with yeah, a lot of Irish music Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's like my plan. But um, it's sort of, just get, I've just released a record. It's like getting I mean, yeah, I mean, like you've just stuck a record out this yeah. year. So like maybe like. But I have been looking into it for like quite a while and. Um, it's like a definitely a passion project that I want to. Is there any contemporary Irish musicians like um, or, or like old school trad ones like who who do yeah. you like? Is it like Clannad and Planksty and stuff like that? Yeah, Planksty. Yeah. I really love Christy Moore. Um, uh, I mean, I love the Pogues as well. And, the Pogues uh, are one of my favourite bands. Yeah, they're amazing. All time. I played St Patrick's Day with Billy Bragg and the Pogues, and I played Tim Whistle <gasps> on St Patrick's Day in New York once, which was so cool. I mean, that's just like ticking off every single yeah, box. I know. Uh, Shane McGowan has got a band uh, he used to tour with called the Popes. Okay. And they, they were quote <laughs> quote unquote his drinking band, well, <laughs> which I don't I don't know what that makes the wow. Pogues. But he played in this like little um, <laughs> venue uh, in the north north of Ireland, and it was a very small venue. Yeah. It was like spit and sawdust the band supporting was called the Rednecks and <laughs> wow, and there was like gig. fights on the stage or, uh, right beforehand it was it was so chaotic oh my god I bet but he turned up and he was sitting on the seat and uh, god bless him he, he'd uh, obviously had a drink or two before he, he'd gone on for his drinking so, band so sense. we thought we'd like liven him up so my two friends lifted me over the barrier <laughs> and we stole his bottle of wine oh no and he like he completely woke up he got the mic stand is it like Father Jack he was just like <laughs> do you know what it exactly <laughs> <Drag>! was <laughs> <laughs> Whereas he got another <laughs> bottle of wine and he was absolutely perfect. Oh, I want to um, get in, I want to play uh, the demo as we do okay. as we do every single uh, podcast at the very yeah. beginning. We play a demo, um, and yeah, I'll let you like uh, tell me tell me a little bit about it before we hit it. Um, well, it, is it? I mean, is it, my manager had it. I didn't have it. Um, I, when, when was the last time you heard it? I haven't heard it for a really long time, so I don't know what exact which. Demo is going to be. Is it just me and piano? Yeah. If well, we're going to hear it. Now. Well, let's hear it, and what, then let's... maybe I'll talk about it after because I All don't right. know. <laughs> let, <laughs> let's let's whack it on. God. Oh, it's not piano. Oh, this is like one I did in a studio. I don't even know what this is. I sound young though. Well. What age? Like 18, 19, just funny, 18. You can sound, I sound like. I've got a little baby voice. <laughs> I love how it like rolls into that sort of yeah, it's sort funk like, bass line. Yeah. Why being a dickhead for? Oh, being a dickhead. I'm trying to, I'm just like trying to figure out what recording for? session this was. Whoever you're recording with loves the bass line. I think the bass line is Jay, who did my first shows with me. Yeah. And I think this was like when we went to like one of our first proper recording sessions where I was like doing like demos in studios because all my demos before were just like in my bedroom and at home. And so th- I did a period of time where I was like going to studios to do demos. Still, uh-huh. was that like, like was that like record labels going? Um, I think we, we like, want to send you into the demo, or were you just going to do it yourself? I was just my manager at the time. I think I was just like going around a couple of different producers. I don't. I think this is when it was like there's like a studio. Listen to that organ it, come in there. I know. This is so epic. Like this does not sound like <laughs> anything that that you put out on the first album, does it? No. Like, I don't even know, like, 
I'm trying to think what it sounds like. It sounds like a 70s rock band yeah. now, doesn't it? Hey, yeah. It's like got this like quite like quite twee lyric at the at the beginning yeah. and then like drifts into like jam sesh. I don't even know who. I know, I'm trying to think too. I'm like Whoa. Credence Credence. <laughs> <laughs> Credence. I think there's like a studio at the bottom of like the Thames or something that's like really but really far. Yeah. And there's like a house on the water and we like stayed there and it was like sort of countrysidey feeling like a bot right really far down the Thames. How would you listen to the demos after? Because like when I used to record demos with my band, we used to we used to go driving, we used to stick it on the car. I love listening to demos in the car. If it works in the car, it's gonna work. Yeah, and also oh that was cool. Well done, yeah, me. Well done, well well done, done. me and Jay. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You could you'd have a big career in classic rock. Yeah, <laughs> who knew? I don't even know. Um, oh, that's so mad. I I haven't heard that for year. Like I don't know how long. Years, ten years. Yeah, nine years, ten years probably. No, you go home every 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 other week sit and listen to your demos underneath, yeah, underneath the duvet sheet. I'm gonna have to get Joey <gasps> to send me all my original demos because it's like it's quite fun to listen to hear it really because it's also like that was like my first ever time in studios so I just was really experimenting with you know you're just really playing because you don't really know what you know it's weird like trying to like especially when you're doing it yourself yeah you're going in and I don't know about you but like when there's somebody else who owns the studio or whatever yeah. when you're at the start you're like you are God and I will do exactly what you <laughs> tell me well you're kind you of you nervous don't have you don't have any confidence I think you're nervous because a lot of the stuff is like I don't know what this does and I don't want to break something and someone's in charge of running that so it feels like they're sort of in charge but um, it really depends who you work with as yeah, well yeah yeah exactly and I like people that just want to play and then I've learned a lot from being in and out of studios obviously you just learn stuff and um, and studying things and learning things actually like on purpose as well but I like um, actually, Jay, who played with me on that demo, he has a studio now and he produces bands and stuff. He's like the best person to record with. Mm -hmm. I just did a song with him actually a few weeks ago and we hadn't recorded together for ages and it was so fun because he is like... Did he put his bass line down on it? We, oh, I can show you a picture from okay. it. Okay. Um, no, I play bass now, so I put my bass line down on it. I'm a bass player too. What, 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 what do you swing? Um, I, I do like a Fender Jazzmeister, but um, I really... I just like love, um, I, love, I started with a P bass. Yeah. And that's like really nice start if anybody wants to start bass, I would, just, I would say. I had a little three quarter black bass. So I don't even know what it was, yeah. but it was like 90 pounds in my like local shop. Oh, perfect. That's and what I, you want. That I, was my first guitar. It was 70 quid and yeah. it was white. And that's the, all I know about it. The good thing is if you start playing an instrument mm. really early, you can flog it off to somebody who's younger than you cause, and you'll be like going, oh, I want to get a new one. Yeah. And like, they'll be like... Actually, the guy I sold my bass to, a guy called Danny, is now like a real professional bass player. Is he? Who's a session musician does with he still loads have of that, people. Does he still have it? I doubt he plays that anymore. I lost my... I'm just trying to find this photo of you. Oh, look, this was me and Jay. That's like classic photo of me and Jay in the studio. Wow. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I'm looking at. Um... Kate has got her head inside what looks like a massive like ear trumpet. <laughs> it's, a, it's a gramophone. <laughs> like, basically, Jay is like so chilled and up for anything and you're and he'll just be like let's try it like this or you'll have an idea and you're like do you think we should do it like this and he's like yeah let's do it like just says yes and tries things and doesn't is never judgmental nothing's ever too sort of silly or weird or dumb things that sometimes yeah. i hate when you go in a studio well, you feel like i can't ask for this because i feel like they're going to judge it whereas if someone's just like up for whatever and just like try it if it works great if it doesn't who cares what, what's your biggest like pink floyd moment like like, like you're <laughs> experimenting you, you never like like I remember hearing about cigarettes. I don't know whether I made this up or this is true, but cigarettes mic'd up a cow's udder. Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to say it was animal, but it was like in a mansion in this old nunnery where I recorded girl talk and we mic'd up. There was like certain points within this like ballroom that we mic'd up and there was like a cheetah, a stuffed cheetah that we like mic'd up <laughs> and we mic'd the wolf and sort of recorded did you drums on, in there. Did you put them on the credits of the album? No. <laughs> but there was also these guard dogs in the mansion that were kind of, one was a bit scary. Um, and, but they were actually sweet with like the people that lived there, but they were like fit, like German shepherd, like full on, you know, mm -hmm. there to protect this mansion. Um, so you had to be like introduced to them to so that they knew you oh my and God, stuff. That's, that's 
absolutely terrifying. Yeah. It's like Mr. Burns. It's like you yeah, know, like, exactly. It was send out yeah. the hounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and they sat outside. I had this really. <clears throat> I have this song called Labyrinth on Girl Talk. That's quite sad. And at the end of it, they're sitting outside the doors of the ballroom and they're howling. They're like crying. No. And they're like <laughs> like that. And you can hear it. And then I'm going like. Oh my this is going to be the best song I've ever written. I've, yeah. made, I've made dogs cry. <laughs> I make dogs cry to my heart. Either break. that, or you've hit such a high note where you've lost <laughs> yeah. human frequency, yeah. and you're just like on the dog whistle yeah. noise. Yeah. That, I, I've got one last question about that demo before I, like, okay. I, I move on. Whoever that song is about, yeah, like you really hate them, like what? because like you say, dickhead about 456 <laughs> times. I mean, that's like <laughs> daily anyway for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hate's a strong word. I was bullied at school. Right. And I wrote this song as a retaliation to that to kind of reclaim some power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like wanting to just put it in my own words because I was writing songs that I was trying to be this like poet basically and it just wasn't working. And I think the bullying came to head when I got locked in a cupboard and I was like trapped in this cupboard thinking... That's terrifying. This is terrible. Like I'm just... And they were all like laughing outside. And also I was like this is dumb. I don't want to, you know, this is so weird and stupid and why am I in this cupboard? I'm just going to sit here until I get let out. I wasn't in there crying or, I just thought this is so... This is dumb. Yeah, this yeah, is so well, stupid. You, you weren't like traumatized by yeah, it? Yeah, like I it was, was just kind of like, can you just be a decent person and not lock someone in a cupboard? It's just weird that you want to do that. But uh, but obviously it affected me. Lots of the like behaviors. It was more like the sort of like nervousness that you had of like being in the room with that bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you go in and you're like, you just so every, nut- every you're time you edge. think something's gonna happen, you go through the canteen, you go into a classroom, and you're just kind of really scared. Mm-hmm. And so that was a retaliation to that. So it was like wanting to feel, I guess, sort of less like it, it was. It was. It's that kind of thing of just like this is fucking dumb. Like why? Why are you being dickhead? Like, just stop it. Just fucking stop because it's just completely pointless. I had, I had quite a, like a, <laughs> a bad run in secondary school with mm. uh, with like bullying and stuff like that. And I I find that like those people that like were really mean to me or beat me up, like you know, yeah. look 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 at my nose is slightly ajar. Oh no like, way! Yeah, I got, got broke a couple of times. Shit. But um, those people have come up to me in like the last like two or three years, like yeah. like literally the last two or three years to apologize really? for some, to apologize for something that happened a long time ago. How so, do you feel when then that happens? Like <clears throat> you just accept it. Like, you just go, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. When you're a teenager, you're a ball bag. It's worse if you carry it on into oh yeah into your twenties, like adult bully. Yeah. like who the fuck are you to be? Yeah, that's very really weird. Like, looking down on anybody else, but those people have just empty lives. You know what and, I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And also, I feel like. You know, being a bully, you get something, being bullied is really horrible and some people are in very extreme situations, but there's a way out of school, like it's being an adult and then you get to choose your friends and, you know, you can still be bullied in the workplace and there's still things, but your actual social life, you can choose. And when you realise that too, you end up getting rid of toxic relationships because you can be in really bad friendships that are like toxic and relationships. But, and so you do have a choice, um, which is great to know. But then that bully is also like living with that for, forever. See, forever. the fact that they come up and apologise to you now, yeah, it's like it they're living with that guilt of like knowing they, that they, 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 they did something that really... They they were a jerk. Like, yeah. Well, at least they realised it. Yeah. But like, I don't know, I felt quite... Like I had a quite... I was a, like a moody, miserable teenager. Yeah. Like sort of like either, <laughs> either up or down. There was no sort really? of mi- mi- middle ground with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's hormones, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm still going through puberty at this age. Um, but like w- w- once I like got out of uni and like started hanging about with people who like music and yeah. like people... when you really Common ground. Yeah, when you get interests. that common ground, oh my God, like it felt like an epiphany. Oh, it's connection, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So like did that happen to you when you were at Brit school or was that... Before Brit School, it happened at Brit School, yeah. Like, you, but you, I also loved the Brit School, and I had amazing friends there. And I, I don't, I've never said that actually because I don't want that to be sort of like, oh, this is, it's terrible there. But I mean, bullying, I think, just happens everywhere. Yeah, you yeah. can't really like Especially also when you're teenagers. A teenager, yeah. You know, it's like feeling each other out and roughing each other up in a weird way. And I had an incredible time, and actually, the work I was doing at the Brit School really empowered me and just gave me so much confidence. And and I managed to get through that and go, and at that time, in, in my, I remember being like, I'm going to be the best actress in the year. Like, I'm going to do yeah. the best thing. And it fueled my work and it fueled my creativity. And I was able be- to use that to just like 
do my theatre as emotionally like full and truthfully as I could. I mean, you know? it'll definitely help help drive what you do like uh, as yeah. an actress. But when you put so many people who are uh, like trying to like you know succeed as much as possible in a creative atmosphere yeah there's all like there's a level of bitchiness in everybody but like yeah. surely that must be elongated there because you're just like going oh that person's not really shit well, like, like that happens in every school but it's like, a weird it, it, the brit school's actually got a lot of camaraderie and friendship because it's i think because and the key element is is that it was the free it was free to go there yeah and a lot of performing arts schools are not free um, and I've heard horror stories from a lot of places. Do you have to do like an audition to get into it? Yeah, you do. Do an audition, and it's. What like, was your audition? Do you remember? Um, what, what? I can't remember what monologue I did because I did theatre there. Yeah. So I didn't. I wasn't doing music. I don't know what my audition was. I did a, th- a speech though, like a what's, monologue. What's the one from Pulp Fiction? <laughs> if any of you motherfuckers move, <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to see that. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can do it for you after this. <laughs> um, yeah, I I absolutely loved my experience there I would I would go early I would be there early and I would stay till really late at night and it was finding people within that that had common ground and because and most people there actually were like there was much less bullying than in other schools because we were there for our passion um, and so in that scenario you tend to get people that really want to be there more people that really want to be there obviously a lot of teenagers are going through hell themselves teenagers so, are like you could stick a, a teenager in the most carbon neutral like <laughs> environment where like everything's emotionally yeah, like, yeah. Ne- or like you know just flatlined yeah it's hard and you would just be like oh I'm spiking all over the place yeah it's really hard I mean you're, it's mental you just like suddenly get an injection of all these like insane hormones and you have no idea how to what to do with that <laughs> and your body's changing and you like hate everyone and you just want to be loved that's really weird I'm so glad that I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> it's like now I'm you've grateful got, for the experience. I'm grateful. But I'm but, like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm not done, being one. I've done my time, and yeah. now you've got like social media and everything on top of that. It's hard, uh, yeah. dude. Like, yeah, it just brings the bullying to another level. But I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it, it's so so hardcore. I yeah. wanted to talk about your you um, breaking your foot. Okay. Because I like yeah. I broke I broke my foot, and that's how I learned how to play bass. Really. Yeah. I mean, I held yeah. I held the bass yeah. beforehand and was really shit at it. Yeah. But like, you broke your foot, and then that was kind of like when you really got into music. Yeah, it right? was. That's when I got my guitar, my seventy quid white guitar. It was white because Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Jimi Hendrix played a white guitar, so I wanted a white one. But my mum and dad. Did you bought... play it with your teeth and left handed <laughs> and on fire? <laughs> yeah. Um, my mum and dad bought me that because I was a bit depressed because I was um, working in like Nando's, I think. Do you have a black card now? I don't. No. I'm vegan now, so. Oh, right, I don't really okay. So you're just being. Chicken. Got, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just I protest. Yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't work there. I'm on the black list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I basically had a weird. Like, after I, I finished Brit and I really wanted to go to drum school and I got rejected. And from every. I even got rejected from all my safety universities. I was like, what? what? Like, my, like, oh, well, I don't Did really want to go there. Clearing? I don't know. I got. I like totally got. I got a distinction in my national diploma. I got nothing. I got no options. Nobody like, wanted a piece of the Nash. Yeah. Like that. Nah, it was the universe. It was the universe. Like that's not the path. So I didn't realize that at the time. But I, I, I had um, heart surgery. And what age? Seven, seventeen. God, that's a lot. That's that's a, a hectic. Age. I mean, it's not. Mm. There's never a good time for heart surgery. <laughs> I'm really, schedule is there? it in at Okay. 35. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like seventeen is a particularly bad time to have it's it. It's quite weird because you don't know what to do. There's all this pressure on seventeen, eighteen of going like, "What are you going to do for like university in the next <laughs> yeah, two yeah. years of your life?" If you fail your GCSEs or A levels, you will literally yeah. have nothing. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know how to. You don't know how to make plans. I don't know how, what I was doing day to day, let alone the next three years felt like the biggest commitment in the world. So to make a decision, I had all these... My mum was always really annoyed at this doctor because he gave me all these statistics of like whether I should... What would happen, the statistics... Statistics of chances of me dying if I had the surgery, having a, you don't need that. a heart attack, having a stroke, having this, and what would happen if I didn't and all this stuff. And I was 17 and I was like... I, I can't, I don't know how to fucking decide this. You how am I supposed to decide if I'm like going to do something that might kill me? I don't know. You should be sneaking into clubs and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? So anyway, I didn't really know what to do. Not luckily, but it by chance, it got so bad that I needed to just have it. So I was kind of like, cool, don't need to make a decision. 
have to have this surgery. And I remember on like the day before, it got to like 3 or 4 p.m. And I was in my pyjamas and I was like, just no bra, like eating Ben and Jerry's. And I was like, shit, this is not like the movies. You know, in the movies when there's like a teenager who's like last day on earth is like them being in love and like doing crazy <laughs> things and riding on a bike with their arms out. And like, yeah. you know, I was like, I am just, I really hope this wasn't my last day because I'm just sitting here in my kitchen and I'm doing nothing. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, you're like, okay, right. I, was like, well, I think I have more Does to that live. mean that when you came out of that, like you were like, right, fuck it, I'm going to do everything? I, I didn't realise at the time, but now I'm 31, I look back and I'm like, that's obviously where all my attitude came from of going. I mean, I was quite a like, I had a lot of enthusiasm anyway and drive, but. Yeah, well, you don't get to Brit school like and, yeah. and all of that by sitting in nurse doing nothing. Yeah. So, definitely after that. I was like determined and and then rejection came and that sucks. Which is really important as well. Mm-hmm. And I then worked at Nando's and then I got my final rejection. I think I went to see, Break, what was it, Breakback Mountain with the cowboys. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the cowboys, yeah. And then I got my last rejection letter of the place I really wanted to go to, which was my final choice, my final opportunity. And I fell down the stairs that night and broke my foot. And you literally have no luck around this it time, was don't, do a you? a bad day. Yeah. And I dragged my foot out as well. I went out. I was like, I'm going out. <laughs> and I went out and like got to Swiss Cottage, I think. And I was like dragging, literally dragging my foot, <laughs> like in a horror movie. It's going like, to be the best night <laughs> I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see my favourite band. <laughs> and I, I think I went to Frog, you know. Like, I've heard those nights like it was I before. think I, I went to Frog and someone stamped on my foot and I was stunned. So, yeah, the the next morning woke up, blue foot. I thought, okay, got to do something about this. Went to hospital, got it in a cast. And then I was just depressed then. I was like, okay, I work at Nando's. I don't know, nothing's happening. This is really bad. And and it was one of those things where your mum goes, you've got to work hard at school. Otherwise, you're going to end up like working in a fast food restaurant. And I was like, that's what's happened to me. And I did work. This is not the deal. Yeah. I worked hard and I'm in a fast food restaurant. What and the, the thing hell? is, like, some, some people love their job in, in yeah. like, fast food restaurants. But it depends if, like, if that's what you like doing, then that's fine. Yeah, totally. That's totally fine. But if, you, if, you, if you're doing that and you want to do something else, yeah. then you should do something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't, like, my goal. And I... Um, but it became the drive again. I love, actually... I really look back on that with fondness because mm. working in mundanity is what gave me my style of songwriting and just my drive to go further. And so I sat, I had this broken foot and I made a deal with myself. I was like, I'm going to book my first show. As soon as my foot's better, that's what I'm doing. And during this time, I'm going to record all these demos and I'm going to start a MySpace page. Let's start a MySpace page. Yeah, and I like started what, what, it in the- secret... Did, like what? Like what was it? MySpace.com forward slash Kate Nash. Kate Nash music. Kate, oh, Kate Nash music. What was Kate Nash taking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I was just really like. How, I'm a musician, so how, I have to like, like. Popular was MySpace at that time because mm. I remember my band. Like I'm actually like. It's massive. If I'm logged on, I want to see if my band's profile is still there. Well, MySpace is all different now, so it doesn't look as cool. Then. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No, like, like MySpace was really instrumental around that period for breaking breaking musicians like MySpace is the is the golden era of people having power and people having power without corporate companies being involved and mm. I th- I I had this realization recently and it was it was sad to think that that doesn't exist anymore but if you think about every streaming service or whatever it's all like there's, there's no pureness yeah. like MySpace people became famous because kids we're listening to their songs, and that's it. That's kind of like rap music and SoundCloud, mm-hmm. but like, uh, even yeah. even SoundCloud, like I I don't really know what's happening with it, but like, yeah. <clears throat> the, but yeah, the MySpace thing, and like I was talking to the Cribs a while back about the power of the message board in like two thousands. Oh, like on the forum. Yeah, so like the, like even Arctic Monkeys and stuff, like yeah. they they built their career through people talking go yeah. about, and, and going like, oh, I live in such and such. Do you want yeah, to come yeah, down yeah. and stay here? And MySpace is kind of the same. Yeah, you had your top eight and then... Your top eight people. You... I don't think I was in, ever in anybody's <laughs> top eight. But the great thing about that is it was the, such a cool way to find music because you'd find... There'd be like cool people's just profiles and you'd go on them and they'd be like have a little player and they were playing a song. And you'd be like, cool, this is, I like this song. Click on that, it goes to the band's profile. Then there's you check out all their music. Then there's top eight all their friends or people they like you you find eight new bands and every one of those bands has eight recommended bands and Mm -hmm. you just found so much cool independent music and it was this golden era and then I feel like I feel like of course it died because people wanted to start getting money and advertising and the industry wanted to control that and it was you know these things only have a finite time I know it's sad because actually useful something else will come along um, and and, and take take its place it it always does because artists thrive and find a new yeah new places to get their music out where it's not controlled by yeah I feel like we're in a weird place right now where it's Instagram is the main thing and unfortunately that is it's not very good for music is it it's just all image based and, it, and it, it helps artists but it's good if you're like it's not good for your self esteem it's, it's good if health. you've got like rock hard abs <laughs> or like I don't know like I just think I, I look yeah. at it I, I take Instagram with a pinch of salt like when I, I, I don't know myself like I'm a real moody bastard so like, <laughs> I, like if I don't want to put up a post I'm not going to put one up but with my job being yeah. in the media like you have to put up Instagram posts or you have to put up Twitter right. and I find it sometimes to be actually ex- mentally exhausting yeah that's why I, I don't want to share my life with, yeah. I don't want to share every aspect of my life with everybody I want to yeah. like be able to sit in my my pants and eat Ben and Jerry's <laughs> and not have to like go sitting in tonight living my best life no I'm not <laughs> I'm sitting watching a rerun of fucking Emmerdale <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly that is what people want to see yeah, yeah they want you in your pants watching Emmerdale and they want to just watch you Damn doing it. nothing <laughs> so you thrive mm. No, I I can't imagine how hard it is. Like, well, I can because I'm sort of part of it as well. You have to keep adapting and going with what's relevant. And I find that there's a lot of pressure to put out imagery that's mainly of yourself. And and um, and you know, I had what six photos up on my MySpace or something, and refreshed them maybe when I did a gig, and someone took a photo, and I was like, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Take that. I didn't have to think. Now it's like you have to have a professional photographer follow you everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, and like exactly. make it yourself look as cool. Your life as is possible. not life anymore. It's just yeah, content. I know. I know. <laughs> you know. And and it's like the balance, like you said, of being of going. There's my actual personal addiction to social media because they are designed by people that make the slot machines in Vegas so what? you are addicted for a reason because yeah. you are, it's being built to make you as addicted as possible like anyone like saying they're not it's mm, you probably are because yeah. they do design them to be that way and a lot of the people that make the apps don't have them and ban their children from having them really? yeah I didn't know that yeah and um, and there's a lot on YouTube of TED Talks and just like 
that how it, it affects our concentration and all these like things and depression is higher because it's like social anxieties and and you're comparing yourself and all that to other people to yeah other i get people. i get that i get that yeah. a lot like sometimes with like my career and stuff i'll be like looking at other people yeah. going <clears throat> like they'll put up like a hundred stories and yeah. be doing this that and the other and i'm busy mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. doing work all the time yeah and sometimes i'm going oh i'm not doing enough but i'm actually yeah. i'm actually thread thin yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been working for about 14 hours today. Yeah. But I should put up 12 posts. And I'm like, yeah. no, fuck that. We're not, like, we're not immune. <laughs> we're not immune to the effect of how it makes us feel. Yeah, exactly. But I think that it's important to sort of go, like, well, I think I'm trying to learn at the moment what is defining that thing of going, like, I have to for my job. How much of that? And it's really difficult because people want the personal. They want, they don't want just like professional like they don't just want that they want kind of every aspect they want you in your pants and they want you looking good and they want you in the mm. action and you want to put out an image of like killing it or whatever and, <laughs> and smashed it yeah and um and what how much of that is because i i think that too i'm like i have to do this because well, my career exists because of my space my last album is only here because of kickstarter like i need social media if i don't have that then i what do i have um but also I'm using it way more probably than I need to. I don't know. It's like, how do we define what's necessary? Show me someone who's got a social media ba- balance and life balance and I'll show you a liar. No, like, <laughs> do you know what? Like, right. Yeah. No, no, it's habits, You're either not doing it enough or you're doing it too much. Yeah. I mean, this feels like a perfectly cynical time to break up the conversation, right? It is a halfway point. It is time for you to take an E, suck an orange, get the mind ready for the second half. So as you're sort of getting yourself ready, I'll I'll throw my uh, PR mantra at you. How about that? This Sunday, November 4th, 2018, uh, if you're listening to this in a couple of weeks' time, you'll be like, well, shut up, fast forward. Um, I have got Tom York from Radiohead, who's playing two tracks stripped back to the piano on my Radio 1 show at 7pm Sunday. Um, Next week on November the 8th, 9th and 10th, uh, BBC Introducing Live is happening in London and it's very, very exciting. It is like Disneyland for anyone who's making music or trying to make music their career. You should definitely get tickets to it. I'm going to be there throughout two of the three days, um, the Thursday and the Friday, and I'm going to be hosting some panels there. I'm going to be listening to loads of demos and giving feedback to new artists. And very excitingly, I will be doing the first ever live Slacker podcast with you, me at six. Um, And I've never done a live podcast before, so that will be, I don't know, interesting. Does it work live? Does it not? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, Also, if you have any suggestions for artists that you want to hear on the podcast, then it's really easy. Reach out at Philly Taggart on Instagram and Twitter and post me some stuff and yeah try and try and coax me into it because it takes ages to get them on as well you think it would just be one email and some of them actually it has been you just be like do you want to do one yeah when you're free okay some of them it's like okay right well album two is coming out now and blah 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 actually kate nash was probably the easiest out of all of them she was amazing uh, i just emailed her manager joey and joey was like let's do this this sounds great um so right i'm going to give up on my digression as usual i'm bumbling away bumble 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 um let's get back into the podcast right now with kate nash you talked about like um sort of starting in myspace and uh, doing the latest album kickstarter you've kind of had like a you've gone done so many different ways of releasing music you've like done the independent label with like was it moshi moshi did the my first thing, my first, first seven inch, Caroline's yeah. victim and birds was mushy mushy. Yeah, and then moved into um, the major record labels after that. Yep, I went to Fiction, Fiction Polydor, major record label, independent, and yeah. then DIY. Yeah, like that's the whole gambit. I don't think there's any other way of. I've gone back to my roots. I'm a circle. I'm a circle. You're the circle. You're the music <laughs> industry circle. Finally, the perfect circle. Um, yeah, what? Which which one do you? Which one's the best one? Which one do you prefer? Mm. I suppose they all have different yeah aspects don't they i think i mean it's so hard it's it's always hard i do, i i i would say that anyone in any area of the music industry is probably having a hard time making it work and i think that anyone who is same as what you said anyone who says they aren't is liar 
Like yeah. it, what I know about the insides of the industry and the insides of most people's careers is that everyone's sort of having a rough time. Of You're selling out. music to people who won't buy music. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so it's like I uh, mean, like there is music, there is money coming in through Spotify. Yeah. and I I know like I would say I feel <coughs> sorry to interrupt. Sorry, I feel <clears throat> the best I've ever felt right now. And I think that I'm excited about the prospect of like having started sort of my own label and figuring out, we were just talking about this actually, like about what to do next. And it's like, we're going to learn and figure out as we go. And there's a lot of freedom there. And I wouldn't sort of, you compromise a lot of freedom with, give. you know, you. it's like how much do you want to give up for what you want to get? And is what you're getting worth what you're giving up? See, I I think that's exactly the same because like I've, I've got a label and I've been running it for four years yeah. and I've done two years within a major label mm. and I've done two years outside of it, DIY. Yeah. And I prefer doing it DIY. DIY. I, yeah. we, we've got no money. Uh, it's yeah. it's completely hand to mouth. Every yeah. The last EP feeds the next EP. Yeah. And if we screw one up, then we're yeah. we're kind of screwed. Um, but I mean... I, I just prefer doing it that way. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really like having to answer to too too many people. And I appreciate all the experiences that I'm having. And it's re, being coming independent, like completely re, refreshed my um, appreciation for my work and my job and the things I get to do. And so I think I'm like. But you you built yeah. every you built most of thing everything on the major label system. So that once you like use that and you're like going, all right, I've got my fan base now. See you later. Well, actually, <laughs> I mean. MySpace sort of is where everything built yeah, up for me. I, d- I was like not being played by Radio 1 and then Foundation. I wasn't there at that time. You can't blame me. That wasn't me. your fault. You can't blame me. But like then it became, it was like number two in the charts and then they played it and stuff like that. And I think, you know, I was getting buzz because of all my shows in London were like completely packed. And there was like a really cool scene of indie musicians like... I love that really era. Well. Yeah. That was like that was like my era. Like, yeah. I wasn't there. I was in Northern Ireland, living vicariously through <laughs> a week old version of NME. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you had like Jack Pignatti and uh, Jamie T, Jamie and, T, Laura, yeah. Laura Marling. Yeah, and I was like, wow, like London looks incredible. At yeah, and gonna, it was fun. It was like I'm gonna buy myself some Winkle pickers and move there. <laughs> <laughs> a button up shirt, yeah. a checked button up shirt, yeah, and like to the wear top. four belts and. and yeah, I, yeah, I definitely had a, a six month phase of Amazing. like looking like Jack Pignatti <laughs> cool. for a while I was like he looks really cool so I'm going to do his like weird dance <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it was great it was a great period of time and I think that um, I am really lucky that my first record was a number one record because like you said it did give me a fan base that I've been able to utilise but became even closer to that fan base by doing independent work and by having a really close relationship with them because I need them and I we I know them I know my fans like really well I I just feel that in 2018 like if you release that album the same album the same way now mm-hmm. there's so many different media platforms and stuff yeah. like I, I think breaking new artists now is the so most hard. is the most impossible thing it's to do a and it takes years like I like, I know I feel I've been bad work- for, and and that the thing is they don't put in the time it is, there's no longevity. It's like they try and break an artist and they'll try and break 25 at the same time and then if they don't work, the others get ditched. Yeah, and it's like, so unfair. It's so messed it up. It takes years now, yeah. whereas like back in 2007, I might be wrong, right, but this is it from when I wasn't working in the music industry or yeah. on, on radio. But for me, what it looked like is you get a couple of fans, yeah. you get like, into the enemy, um, get get a video out, get it on MTV2, on Zane <laughs> yeah. Zay and Lowe, yeah. right? Get get Zane Lowe to play it. Yeah. Then get it up onto Radio One. Yeah. And then maybe do like later with Jules Holland and then boom, number one album. <laughs> sure, right? I mean, is that, that the, seems is that like... The, is that the template? I, I don't know. That's like wrong. what a lot of people were doing and obviously the music had to connect with people to work. I mean, that's the most important thing really. But a lot of... That was sort of the journey, yeah. And then it started to change and I... From... I don't really know, obviously, because I'm not like in a record label, but what it felt like was that the music industry was very resistant to the internet and it kind of wanted to just pretend that that wasn't happening. It was really slow as well, trying to figure it out. Yeah, keep going in the old model and not adapt and not be innovative and just like sort of ignore the internet and be like, well, someone Um, else is going to deal with that. Check out the internet, what a pile of balls that will be. I think it prints... And I'll only be here for six months anyway, so like the next guy (laughs) can deal with it, you know? I can't remember, I might be wrong in this, but I think Prince said that the internet was going to be a fad. (laughs) 
Oh my god! It's the only thing Prince has ever got wrong. I apart apart Prince. from that, he's just got everything right. Um, well, we we don't know though. Prince is probably like twenty million years old, so he it might be a fad. But it's yeah, just he, like, he's actually yeah, exactly. He's been know, it's a hundred year fad. It'll go away. <laughs> he's omnipotent. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it, when, when, like we were talking about that sort of time of music because we're like we're the same age, and like I was just like you know I was really mad into your music and into that scene in general of like two thousand and seven. But there was a thing that me and my friends used to do quite a lot <laughs> because we're from Northern Ireland. Yeah. We used to really enjoy setting up conversations with people. Um, and we used to like use two of your two of your <laughs> words quite a lot. Did you? Yeah. So it would be like, say you were like out in a night out and you're in the smoking area or you're yeah, yeah. chatting to somebody. I would just be like going, oh, mate, you're looking pretty buff. Were you, were you at the gym? And, <laughs> and then somebody would be like going, yeah, I'm trying to get fitter. Yeah, of course. I was going to say, it's got to be fitter and bitter, <laughs> fitter hasn't it? And bitter. Yeah, okay, that, that, those two words must have followed you around there quite, was a, quite There a was a meme. Oh, I've got to find it. It's on my Twitter. There was a meme that just went around and it was like, 15-year-old me and it's like this weird like jelly monster just being like ah <laughs> and it was like when Kate Nash said you said I must eat so many lemons because I'm so bitter and then it was like me screaming and the thing's just like ah like, <laughs> and it still happens at gigs now I always like leave that line and the crowd just goes just, like just screams it. Like, have you had yeah. a relationship with that with that like where it's like you really hated it and now it's fun again or you don't really give a shit yeah I think I didn't enjoy after my first record you're so exhausted you tour for 18 months to two years and you play 12 songs yeah. or you know maybe you're really prolific and you have a shit ton but like most people have their first album yeah 12 to 14 maybe 15 if you're lucky songs um and you do that every night for like two years and you want to die and then please you let know me play something new <laughs> yeah and yeah. then you do your second record and they want you to tour and still play the play first the out, and you're like i can't i'm gonna die so i need to play new music so there was like a definite like period of resistance in my second record and then it becomes fun again because you have loads of other songs so you're not trapped yeah you know anytime you're feeling trapped it's like you are feeling suppressed and you want to rebel against it me anyway i feel like that so i i love it now i love playing it it's like the pop song that people want to hear and it's so cool to have that to know that when You've, i play foundations that everyone's it's gonna like lose a break glass shit. for an emergency isn't yeah. it it's yeah. like going right you might be playing in front of a crowd maybe that's not your own or something right right or at a festival and you're like all right okay fuck it i'm dropping this but yeah how, how, i mean i usually like build up to it yeah or we did a really cool thing on the made of bricks 10 year anniversary we're getting the band back together getting the band it's back just, together it's just me <laughs> um, yeah me and myself got yeah. back together um, and I played the album in order so Foundations is the second track on the record so I'd do play mm. as the intro and then I and the girls would in my band would be playing that and we'd have the track on so it really sounded like the record and then I'd come out usually wearing like an insane like fairy godmother outfit and then we'd start Foundations with just me and my guitarist oh no I think I started with the piano yeah I would start with the, the, just those chords that you like hear the at the beginning thing. yeah I'm and not going to do it because I'm going to do it yeah that and then I do like the first verse on that and people are just like oh my god I can't believe she's doing that like right now this is crazy because it's basically the first song I'm, I'm on for and then I'd come off and we'd do the first verse fully with just me and my guitarist and then it would go into the chorus and I wouldn't sing anymore and like the crowd would just oh no we sang the first chorus together yeah and then dropped out and so and I'd some we just went for I did like a costume change sometimes after that <laughs> yeah and when I was doing that if I did that you could hear the crowd just would still pl would still be singing the second verse like mad you're like well I, I could just close that. yeah <laughs> and then we'd go back and then it would be coming at the end of the set and we'd do it fully again like the whole way through and it was so fun doing that like I always love a fan base that like well that grows with with the artist yeah because like your your music style changed yeah. has changed so much yeah. um from like even like you know at the, the beginning we were talking about like irish music and stuff like yeah, that yeah. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure probably wouldn't have been entertained at like during, yeah. during the first record because you'd be no, like no. oh like when you're 18 like irish music not cool yeah 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 when you grow into your roots but yeah. like you know the the riot girl and bikini kill influences yeah. and, and the i mean just general sort of 
garage, yeah, garagey punk rock, yeah, started slow, slowly drifting in, which I thought was pretty gnarly. Definitely, yeah. Who who were you sort of listening to, or mm. was it was it like a, a like a thing that happened between records, or was it like you used to listen to that sort of stuff when you were growing up? Yeah, so I listened to that. So I listened to a lot of punk, like I listened to a lot of British punk when I was like sixteen. What like, we talking like Buzzcocks, uh, Buzz, adverts, Buzzcocks, Knife Edge, Zips, like Susie and the Banshees. I mean, the Clash yeah. is still my favorite one. The like, Clash, yeah. But I was really into sort of like British, just sort of weird, odd seven. Oi punk. Yeah, I was oi, into oi, oi, oi. yeah, I was into stuff like that. That wasn't Vampire Weekend, but um, <laughs> um, and the adverts and Buzzcocks were like my two favourites. And then I got from there into, um, you know, the slits, and then into the gits. The slits. I don't and the know. Gits. The, I don't know the gits. Oh, the gits are so good. Uh, I then got into like Bikini Kill and, um, you know, a lot of the Right Girl stuff, and then. Um, Hole and Courtney and you know sort of just I like, never got into Hole oh my god live through this never, that's like the best record ever I never got into Hole live through this though do you not have you listened to it like I was just like I just don't like her I don't like her so I'm not listening don't to like it don't like it but, but, that, that, but that's just being like a teenage prick do you know what I mean <laughs> I, don't, I don't like her yeah so I'm not I'm not listening to yeah. it what I've, about Babes in Toyland do you like Babes in Toyland I've never really listened to Babes in Toyland okay. well live through this is an amazing record I really recommend it and uh, that sort of inspired the Riot Girl stuff a bit more. I guess I was like get angry sometimes. I get angry. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. Well, like you, you, you get it out now. Yeah. Like, does it feel cathartic? Does it feel yeah. like? Does it feel better? Like to like? Yeah. Letting that loose. <sighs> so much better. Do you come off stage and you're like right? <sighs> yeah, I get so we, much. Well, now it's like a really cool position because it's like. I've got a lot of the anger out and now I can like mix both. So it's like I can feel a bit like fiery and I can just feel poppy and I can feel like I want to have... There's so many different moods. I can't wait till you start the Irish music and you can be like, I can feel Irish. I can feel a bit Irish. <laughs> I want to have a little jig. Get the Kaylee band going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like the first love, or maybe not the first love, but obviously getting into acting and yeah. going to Brit school for acting and then going from, from music to acting. I'm sure you've been asked about this quite a lot. Yeah. Um, it's one of those questions that people love asking. Go, how did you make the jump from acting to, to music? I'm not going to ask because yeah. that, like, it, music is very creative. Acting is very creative in a different way. They, yeah. they, they live in the same sphere. Well, it's storytelling. Yeah. That's what it is. There's a Venn diagram and like you can be in the middle of it. You, yeah. can, you can do both. Yeah. Um, but I love wrestling. I absolutely love Do it. You? Ah, man. Are you a wrestling fan? <laughs> Big time, yeah. Oh, sick. So from like the golden age of wrestling. Yeah, that's a better me, question. How do you get into wrestling? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, if you're listening to this and you don't know, then uh, you should go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's a, um, a show called Glow where uh, Kate Nash plays a wrestler called Ronda. Ronda Richardson, yeah. And um, My wrestling name is Britannica. Britannica, yeah, it had to be the smartest you woman you, in the world. You just couldn't do the the, the, the accent properly, so that, okay, right, you're going to be called Britannica. <laughs> Isn't there like the encyclopedia of Britannica? Wouldn't that be a great finisher? If yeah, you, like, yeah. Used to, you pick up an encyclopedia. I do have an encyclopedia and, and smash it over somebody's head. I do have it that I hit yeah. Jack. I hit Melrose on the bum with it in one episode. <laughs> it's sort of my characteristic. I have that. And That's amazing. My glasses. Yeah. Were you into wrestling beforehand? No, not at all. No, I see. I like. I, I so I was so into it as a yeah. kid. I actually wanted to be a wrestler between the ages of Did about you? eleven and fourteen. And as you can see, we I've definitely managed to pull that yeah. off. Yeah. Well, I have friends who are. Um, I have two friends that are massively into it. Sam Duckworth, Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. Mm. He's a massive. I know wrestling Sam. I've fan. spoken to him about wrestling before. Yeah. Yeah. He had such a go at me when I was got the audition. I was like, I've got this really exciting audition. I'm so excited. I was like, Glow, and he's like, What are you doing with Glow? And I was like, well, it's this audition. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, you need to take this seriously. And then he like <laughs> sent me a PDF, like a file with like 30 pieces of like, I don't know what he sent me, but all this like, uh, like in, I don't know. He sent me like documents of wrestling uh, history. Oh my and God. They're so intense wrestling yeah. fans. Right? He's like, you've got to take it seriously. No wrestling. Like, of course I am. Like, what do you think I'm doing? Like, I'm not, anyway, it was, like they're hardcore. Hardcore fans, yeah. right? Oh, the, the wrestling fans, like you are, like you, you stick with it, yeah. the whole way, yeah. Like you get into it when you're twelve, and yeah. you get out of it when you die. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and then my other friend Alicia Warrington, who plays drums with me as well, sometimes like she. Well, I made friends with her when I moved to LA, and funnily enough, I did things like we. I went wrestling with her a couple of times, like to watch, and and she is like hot. She's like Monday night, like Raw, like she watched like she, on tour, if yeah. on tour, and there's wrestling like. Smackdown, like she's like 
the hotel room is just she's in. Does she get into like the pizza, Ring of Honor stuff and like all the alternative NXT, yeah. like yeah, 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 all that stuff. Um, and so she, I did like a surprise birthday thing for her where we got this like wrestling ring. So I had little little experiences with it, but yeah. I didn't at all feel I didn't really sort of gossip. Didn't really, but we were taught by Chavo Guerrero, and we are we are trained by Chavo <gasps> He's a Guerrero. Legend, yeah. He is. And what, the original Globus. I actually, I, I do my research for this. Yeah. I, I watched an interview you did with Lorraine Kelly and I think you mentioned Chavo Guerrero. Oh, yeah. And, and I just laughed and I was like, she has no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Chavo. I've got the protection of the Guerrero family, actually. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> does, that, does that mean if anybody fucks with you, like you're like straight on the phone to the Yeah, I'm like, Chavo! Yeah. Someone's amazing me! <laughs> Chavo, bad! <laughs> I'm in Camden, yeah. Uncle Chavo! <laughs> coach, hey coach! <laughs> Um, no, he's he's absolutely amazing. Um, and the the original Glow Girls, because Glow was a real show, if anyone doesn't know, it was existed in the 80s. It was like first female wrestlers on TV, kind of became a kid's show. And, um, and a, it was a Guerrero that taught, you know, it was, it's from the Guerreros, the Guerreros like... have taught the Glow Girls, which is so cool. And um, anyway, he has taught us about wrestling culture. Kia Stevens also on the show. Um, awesome Kong, you may know her as if they're wrestling fans and she plays one of the she's one of the actresses on the show as well so we have been very uh, schooled in wrestling culture and so you know what it's all about yeah you know what and you we can. really respect it because you, somebody will be listening to this and they'll be like right they'll come on listen to this because they're a fan of your music or yeah. whatever right and they'll be like oh wrestling's all fake it's all bullshit yeah. right like it's all it's all scripted up but this, there's no fake way to take a bump oh absolutely if you're getting th- if, if you're, you're getting picked getting, up by somebody and throwing down you're on being your back, down, you're yeah. getting thrown down on your yeah. back, and the the wrestling ring is never as soft yeah. as you think it is. No, it's, it's not. not like a trampoline or no, something. No, it's definitely not. Um, it's an amazing thing because I get you know where that comes from, that it's fake or whatever, but it's uh, it's it's not understanding what wrestling is. Yeah, because it's not supposed to be a. a bo- it's not a boxing. It's you're not, not UFC, going to watch. Like, you're not going to watch pageant- people hurt each other. Hopefully. But it's a comic book kind of it's it's storytelling, yeah, and um, and they're incredible athletes, and the stunts that they do are out like they're amazing. It's fun and it's dangerous. And it's very, and it's, very, very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a bit hyper hypermobile. I'm really hypermobile, so I'm like double jointed, like massively. Sure. So that, is there anything you can? Well, just like my arms are all like weirdly bendy, and I can walk on my feet like that, and. Oh, so you'd be like a perfect ballet dancer. Yes, I can actually do the hardest that some like Alessandra Ferry. I just worked with her. She's a prima ballerina from Italy. What's that film Black Swan? Where you get up on top. Of the yeah. Place, yeah, and she like she said my point was really good, and she's like a prima ballerina, and that's just double jointed because um, there's there's stuff in ballet that you can't do unless you trained for years years oh, wait, to do. Like, how do you become double jointed? Is that like genetics or I was like, born like do, that. do you reckon that like you're like. Like mum was walking past like a nuclear reactor or something like one day and it just got, <laughs> a, got, like, a tiny, like a... got like a tiny little bit and then it was just you like... You go past like a really big magnet and just yeah, turn exactly. the wrong way too right. far. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like the, the, the Glow Season 2 stuff is um, yeah. coming out. Season 2 is out. Oh, is it? Sorry, I haven't, I haven't seen... All right, okay. Um, and Season 3, we're going to start shooting at the end of the year, hopefully. We don't know so the So it keeps getting re- recommissioned? Yeah, we just we got great. confirmed Season 3 and we've got... We just... Uh, actually, our stunt coordinator was the first female to win an Emmy for a comedy series. And wow. our production designer just won an Emmy. And the, the Emmys of like... Acting side of thing happening, I think next weekend. Yeah, not this weekend. Next, and we're up for ten Emmys. So, are you going to go over? I mean, I'm actually working on a film right now. In Ooh. I can't say right now, but um, I am working on a British film that I'm really excited about. Oh, that's about. That, that, that's amazing. So yeah, what's the what's the ambition? Like, do you, do you have an ambition in, in, in acting? Like, what, what, um, like is there something that you like really want to do? A show you want to work on? Like a, a film yeah. franchise that you'd like to be, yeah. I James mean, Bond. I don't know. I'll be the new James Bond. Why yeah, not? Janet Bond. Janet's not a good name for Bond. <laughs> the name's Bond. No, Janet Jan- Bond. <laughs> G- I would. Do you know? What I really want to do. I really want to do an a good quality horror film. I want to do a really good horror that's scary, and I also want to do a crazy like action, like where I'm like. Killing like I don't know stuff and doing crazy stunts. Like I want to be in the action and yeah. I want to do a horror that's really scary and I kind of like I love horror um, and I love action as well. So I'd love to do some 
that something in both those fields that we're I like, think that those are those are two achievable boxes for you to tick do you off. Reckon? Yeah, I reckon. I can, right now I've got my wrestling behind me. I'm like You've got the, I do my own stunts, man. Yeah. <laughs> that that'll that'll work for the, the thriller one, but like I don't know, like you're You're like you're scary. You're like, yeah, now you've done the wrestling one, like you, you you're not gonna be able to play the victim in the horror one unless you play like the killer. You don't know I'm the killer until I'm the until, until the, the very end. end. Um, I always like to get a piece of advice of um, the people that we get in uh, to give to the mm. to like maybe your younger self or to artists who are starting out mm. at the moment because like I I I'm writing a book at the moment for about um, the music industry for for, yeah. for young kids and and for independent artists yeah. where I've like interviewed loads of people wow and it's like I'm trying to put all the information there for them to use whatever way they want it's, yeah. not, it's not a how to get to number one yeah. it's here's loads of useful shit that you might not know yeah Um. but I always just like to f- find out what sort of <sighs> impending wisdom that you might have to somebody who's starting out I'm going to quote Dory for this one just keep swimming <laughs> <laughs> just keep swimming I think that's perfect it's it's true <laughs> yeah it's true like I know with a lot of people that I'm friendly with basically 90% of my friends mm. are musicians like back home yeah and with some people it's a disease yeah like even if they don't want to do it they have to yeah. they have to create they have to put stuff out yeah which is the concept of always keep, keep swimming yeah and something will happen yeah just just don't give up on yourself you know it's a hard thing to do it's hard industry creative industries sort of any outside of the traditional box carving out your own career becomes confusing and I think you're going to have many moments of doubting yourself you know many ups hopefully and many downs definitely and just keep swimming like that's all I can say really and if you can't swim surf surf (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kia thank you so much for um, taking the time to shoot the breeze yeah and, and thanks for having me thanks it's for, really fun thanks for laying your demo bear as well <laughs> it was first really fun you, listening to it you've heard it in like 10 I'm really years jammy I'm gonna get back on that vibe <laughs> okay well thank, thank you. you yeah okay so while you were listening to that I went down and put the dinner on and traditional traditional sausages mashed potato vegetables Stick that in your plate and eat it. Uh, much love to you all. Thank you so much for your time on the Slacker podcast. If you've enjoyed it, then please do me a favor and get a graffiti can out and take it all across the world, tagging Slacker podcast wherever it is you go and spread. Yeah, whatever way you want to spread the word. Maybe don't do that one because I might get in trouble. But yeah, whatever legal way you can uh, spread the word of the Slacker podcast, that would be amazing. Thank you very much to Kate Nash for being an absolute gem of a human being. And, you know, interviewing someone like her is always way easier when they're just so easy to talk to. I mean, like it could have been so much longer. Next week on the Slacker podcast, we have a native of Fort Worth in Texas, He is the modern soul man, Leon Bridges, and yeah, another fascinating person to have on the podcast. If you haven't, please leave us a little review on the Apple Podcast app or wherever it is you get your apps out of, Um, and that way it creeps up the charts and gets more eyes and ears on this podcast. Slack on, my slackers. Slack on. Thank you so much to Jenny, Adam, Chris, and Kate's manager, Joey, for the help on this podcast. Lots of love to them, and of course, lots of love to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.